Please welcome Bill, who is online with a few friends in the beautiful English countryside. He has chosen the incredible new McLaren Senna. And say hi to Solomon, who is hanging out with his buddies on the streets of Scotland's capital, Edinburgh. Alright Trips, welcome to episode 28 of the Tarot Hack Podcast, I'm your man Chris Scullion. Uh, this is a solo one this time, Louise has just gone to bed, and rightly so, because um, it's quite late, although she did stay up for the entire uh, Microsoft E3 conference, which has just finished as I start recording this, um, but after having sat through all that, which was very kind of her, uh, considering her gaming indifference, she just thought, F this, I believe was the phrase, um, and she was off to bed to sleep, um, so fair play. Um, but yeah, so you're stuck with just me this time, I'm afraid. But there is a hell of a lot to get through, so uh, apologies in advance if I just skim over some stuff. And I'll mention every single game that was shown, um, but I don't want to dwell too much on it because otherwise this is going to be an eight-hour podcast and nobody wants that, at least of all me. Um, started off uh, the, the Microsoft conference. I think this was a fantastic conference this time. Um, for the last couple of years... The big um, question has always been, where are the games for Xbox? Where What's, what's going on? Where are they? Um, and it seems fairly clear now the message was, here they are. And although a lot of them, uh, I believe only, I say only, I believe 18 of them are exclusive to Xbox. Um, a lot of them are multi-platform ones. Um, the message at the end was pretty clear that they, they may be multi-platform games, but... Um, they'll all run best on Xbox One. It's certainly Xbox One X, at least. Um, if you're talking base hardware, PS4 would still have the edge, you would imagine. But um, in terms of the best possible system, Xbox One X is currently the most powerful. So there you go. So yeah, everything kicked off with a kind of brief teaser for Halo Infinite, powered by the Slip Space Engine. Um, oh, it's quite late. Some yawning. Um, yeah, there wasn't. Uh, a lot of detail given there, just some kind of vague footage of uh, countryside and stuff, and then suddenly you see Master Chief's helmet, and that wee ding note that kind of plays before the Halo theme kicks in. Um, but yeah, that was it. That was all they showed of Halo. It was just a teaser uh, before Phil Spencer came out and, and started the thing. So it's not really clear what's going on there. I was asking people for questions earlier. Apologies for the click. That's my, uh, me accessing my Twitter. Uh, who was it that asked? Um, Pretty Neato on Twitter was asking, he says the first reveal was for Halo Infinite, what do you think it is? Um, a PC game, Battle Royale or something else. It, um, my initial instinct is that Halo Infinite is like a Destiny type thing, uh, where it's like a Halo game that never ends. Um, or it might just be a Halo game where there's loads of kind of... It, 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 it's like a, almost like a an ongoing season type thing where they'll just add more maps and... Oh, oh. Overlaps and more modes uh, over time, so I don't know. That's something we'll need to wait and see. Um, but I'm I'm definitely curious. Always like a bit of Halo, so you can't really go wrong there. Um, so yeah, like I say, after that, Phil Spencer came out. A uh, load of fanboys sitting in the front, but that's fine. Uh, apparently, there's a thing Xbox Fan Fest where fans could buy tickets to the conference this time, um, and all that money went to charity for kids that could play games in hospital, which is fine. That's fair enough. They they just kind of touched on it and moved on. It wasn't like it was. It's odd how that must have raised less money than EA did uh, with their one million dollar charity donation. But it wasn't. It's all about tone and it's all about how you present it. It wasn't done in a way that was like um, when EA announced yesterday, last night, about how they'd given money to charity. It was kind of on the back of um, almost defending the, the, the backlash to them. Uh, being greedy bastards basically with loot boxes and stuff and it was just kind of thrown in as a sort of see we're not that bad so it was kind of uh, it wasn't quite it, it wasn't quite as genuine I don't think uh, whereas this was just a nice touch and they just kind of brushed on it and then moved on so that's fine I like Phil Spencer he seems he seems honest enough um, so yeah they announced the, uh, coming up uh, on the show he said there's going to be 50 games 18 exclusives 15 world premieres um and yeah, I think he was right enough. Count if you count the montage, was a uh, indie game. 
Oh, we. There's an indie game montage at one point um, that had about 10, 15 games in it, so that obviously counted in the 50, uh, but that was great. It started uh, with the first exclusive. It was another trailer for Ori and the Will of the Wisps, which I believe had already been shown um, a previous show. Um, it's out in 2019. It looks absolutely incredible. The Oreo in the, uh, the first Ori game already looked fantastic, Ori in the Blind Forest, uh, but this looks even better. This the, the art style on this is phenomenal, and it's uh, for those not familiar with it, it's a kind of 2D platformer, but it looks um, sensational this time. So uh, even better than it did before. So I'm very excited about that one. Um, hopefully it's just as difficult as the first one as well. It's, it's quite a tricky one, but uh, we shall see. Um, after that was the first kind of world premiere for Sekiro Shadows Die Twice by From Software. Now I'd heard rumours before this uh, that they may have been from software might be working on a Tenchu game um, I'm not sure if that's this um, but I'd imagine it has to be a, a, um, but maybe just the name was changed or something I don't know either way um, it looks quite cool it's from software so you know it's going to be uh, interesting and it's a samurai themed kind of game it looks alright um, obviously there remains more to be seen than that it's a kind of CGI style trailer uh, or maybe it's probably in game, but either way, it's not. It wasn't indicative of gameplay, I don't think. So, uh, we'll need to wait and see more of that before we can see whether it's worth getting excited about it. But if it's from software, you got to roughly kind of more or less imagine it's going to be decent. Um, then your man Todd Howard from Bethesda came on stage, um, talking about Fallout Four being on being added to Game Pass today, and we're going to Game Pass later on. But um, that was the first mention of it at the show that Fallout Four was being added to. It. Um, and then they showed the kind of prequel for well the, the footage of Fallout seventy six, which is a prequel to the other Fallout games apparently. Um, said it was four times. A, a lot of people were speculating before there was just going to be like a weird spin off thing, maybe a online game in the style of Elder Scrolls Online. People were kind of the hype for it was kind of muted uh, before before tonight. Because I think it's because a lot of people didn't know what it was and they were worried they, they weren't didn't want to get too excited in case um, it bit them in the arse and it was just a kind of uh, odd spin-off thing. But they showed this and it looks like it looks like a pretty much a full-on Fallout game. Uh, as Todd Howard put it, it's four times the size of Fallout Four, set in the hills of West Virginia. Um, it looks pretty bloody good and it looks like a like I say a fully fledged Fallout game. So. Uh, yeah, pretty unexpected that it actually ends up looking a lot better than, than I think most people uh, thought it was going to look. So that's that's brilliant. That's something to get excited about. Yeah, then they just kept coming. Another world premiere for Don't Nod's latest game. Uh, an original story in the Life is Strange universe called The Awesome Adventures of Captain Spirit. Um, about a kid who believes he's a superhero. Um, and you kind of, while he's fantasizing about being a superhero, you kind of play the game through his eyes, so you do actual kind of superhero stuff. Um, kind of similar to kind of shades of Toy Story, like when Andy's playing with his toys, but also shades of Calvin and Hobbes comic strip when Calvin pretends he's Spaceman Spiff, um, and you, you occasionally get some. Uh, comic strips where he was Spaceman Spiff but it was actually it was through his eyes and it was proper space a space epic thing um, it's that I got that kind of vibe from it but there's also like a kind of subplot with him talking to his dad about his mum being dead or something like that so there's clearly emotion in there uh, so that's something to look forward to um, it's going to be 100% free apparently uh, Louise is just coming downstairs Louise do you want to give us your thoughts on uh, the Microsoft conference before you go to bed hello Louise hello. Um, no, I mean, it was obviously way better than the EA one. Yeah. It was too much, I think. <laughs> Not that you could ever complain about that, but it was hard to take everything in, I think. And I obviously don't know all the game series that well, yeah. but that looked really good. Like I said, when we were doing it, there's far too many games that do zombies and... Too much post-apocalyptic post Yeah, it was getting a bit boring, but, um, I mean, in terms of, you know, obviously they had all the big hitters and stuff, so... Yes, and in particular, Yank Your Crank... Hmm. Did I get excited about it? I mean, I obviously thought it was really cool that Edinburgh's in the in, Forza. in, in the racing game, so I, I wouldn't necessarily play it, but I'd like to watch that bit Yeah. while you play Well, maybe I would. I wouldn't mind so much. Sometimes racing games make me feel a bit sick, but... Yeah, we'll see. Um, but you can do it where you're not in the car as well, Yeah, right? you can do it from outside the car. Yeah, so I'd be 
probably be better. Um, that first game they showed looked really cute, didn't or it? In, the, yeah, or in the yeah, with the, the little um, wood sprite or whatever it's called. Yeah. Um, so that was the main one. Yeah, it was just a lot of stuff. I mean, you got really excited about a few things, so I yeah. figured it was big. a success. Yeah. Cool. Good. Thanks for your input. Go to bed. Bye. <laughs> All right. See you in a bit. Um, so yeah, where was I before I was rudely interrupted? <laughs> Face. Um, yeah, awesome adventures with Captain Spirit. It's going to be a hundred percent free, apparently. So during the trailer, it said free, um, but then at the end, it said a hundred percent free. So presumably, it's not a life or strange situation where the first episode's free and then the rest you pay. It sounds like it's going to be just a one-off, um, which is free from start to finish. So that's good if that's the case. That's surprising, but a nice wee, a nice wee touch. Um, up next was Crackdown 3, another just kind of brief trailer. Um, I just kind of, they're really dragging this one out, but it's out next uh, early next year. We know that now at least. Um, and yeah, it still looks good. I'm still up for Crackdown. It had a missile launcher that launched a load of ducks, exploding ducks, so that's sold me on it right away. Uh, but again, this is another, as a first party game, it means it's available on day one with a Game Pass, which I subscribe to. Um, and again, we'll get to that in a bit, but uh, for those who don't know about it, I'll talk about that when we get to that part in the conference. Um, so yeah, a brief trailer next for Nier Automata. That's how I pronounce it. I don't know how you're supposed to pronounce it, but Nier Automata is getting a special edition now on the 26th of June. Uh, so just just over two weeks from now. Um, and it's Xbox One enhanced, so it's going to be in 4K and all that kind of stuff, which is nice. Um Another kind of a decent wee trailer from Metro Exodus with massive attack music being used. Uh, that one goes doom 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 doom. That one, uh, very apt. Um, if that is in game as it claims it is, it looks phenomenal. Uh, so that could be very good. Out on twenty second of February. Now we've got a, a question from someone else. Let me just check. Alex Booker. Uh, I hope I'm pronouncing that right. On Twitter, was saying February twenty second, twenty nineteen. It's looking like a jam packed day for games. If you could only pick one to buy, what would it be at this point? That's a good point because I didn't, I didn't really notice this, but yes, the 22nd of February, Metro Exodus is out on 22nd of February, but so too is um, Days Gone on PS4 and Anthem, EA's Anthem, as discussed yesterday. They're all coming on the 22nd of February um, at this current time. Um, I need to see more of Days Gone before I get too excited about that. Anthem I'm up for in theory, but... Uh, we'll see. Sorry about my yawning, folks. Can't help it. Uh, Metro Exodus looks really nice, but again, I didn't play enough of the previous Metro games to kind of get in it. So, of those three, I'm not. I don't think I'll be buying any of them day one, but I'm certainly curious about all three because they all kind of promise to be um, like 80 plus rated games, uh, Metacritic style. So, we shall see. Um, it's going to be an exciting day uh, either way. If they all keep that release date and none of them are delayed, um, it'll be interesting to see which one comes out on top. Uh, you would imagine... Uh, let's see. You'd imagine Anthem would come out on top there because Days Gone single format uh, and Metro doesn't have as big a following as uh, or doesn't have the hype behind it that Anthem's getting. So you'd imagine Anthem top... Anthem, Anthem first, Days Gone second, Metro X the third in terms of sales uh, on that week, but we'll see. Um, so yeah, the, the, it looks good though. Um, like I say, I'm up for the trailer. Uh, they then showed about Kingdom Hearts 3, showed the Frozen stage, we kind of clips of Wreck-It Ralph, Rapunzel, Hercules, Monsters Inc, Toy Story, all that part of the stuff you would expect from Kingdom Hearts. Uh, the dialogue is horrendous. Um, it's been a while since I've played a Kingdom Hearts game, but there's some terrible pattern in it. Um, but not to worry, that's what Kingdom Hearts is all about, I suppose. Uh, it looks really cool. Um, I'm up for that. 29th of January, that one's out, so you have time to play through that and finish it before 22nd of February when everything else, when every other game ever created comes out. Um, so, yeah. Uh, they then said exclusive, and I got excited, but then it turns out it was just Sea of Thieves stuff. Uh, sea of Thieves has got more kind of DLC content coming. Uh, one in July and one in, I believe they said September, it was August or September, but I think it was September. First one was Cursed Sales and I think the other one was Forsaken Souls, I just missed the name, but I think that was what it said, Forsaken Souls. Um, but yeah, I couldn't get it clear, I couldn't kind of check to see if that will be free DLC um, or if you need to pay for that or if it's just kind of 
if it's going to be one of these ongoing services where new stuff just gets added to it on a regular basis, it's not quite clear yet. Um, I would hope it's the latter, uh, but we'll see. Um, there was a b very, very brief trailer for Battlefield Five, which I thought was quite weird because yesterday um, at the EA conference, they, were, they spoke about Battlefield Five, but they said the single-player mode, the War Stories mode, uh, you'll get to see more of that on the, in the Xbox conference. So I was expecting some sort of gameplay of the single-player, but it was like a literally a 20 second, 30 second teaser um, of someone falling into water um, and it just said Battlefield 5 and I was like, oh okay, that really wasn't what I was expecting based on what EA was saying, but um, yeah, there you go. Um, following that was the, the highlight for me. Now, um, anyone who knows me on Twitter and has seen me talking before knows that I am an enormous, enormous Forza Horizon fan um, and I've loved all three Forza Horizon games. So when Forza Horizon 4 uh, had been rumoured for a while, and the rumour was that it was going to be set in Japan, uh, which I was fine with, because in the past it's been set in like France and Italy and uh, most recently Australia. Um, and so I was up for a Japanese one. I thought that would be an interesting change of scenery. But when the trailer started, I was like, these road signs look British. Um, and then suddenly there's a kind of British countryside, and you go, oh, that's quite nice. And then suddenly uh, the Scott Monument, which is uh, on Princess Street in Edinburgh, appeared, and I literally lost my shit. I, I genuinely went, <gasps> like, like, like you expect, you know, like when you watch the YouTube reactions uh, of arseholes on YouTube who deliberately overreact to stuff because you know people don't actually react like that. I genuinely did react like that as soon as I saw it. But I was like, because <gasps> I've always dreamed of having another. My, one of my favourite racing games of all time is Project Gotham Racing 2 on the original Xbox because I was at university in Edinburgh during that time from 2001 to 2004 and it came out in 2003 I believe and it had Edinburgh in it and it was the way Edinburgh was when I was at uni and I was like oh this is amazing and it blew my mind I played that game constantly getting to race around the city I was living in fast forward what 15 years and now I'm living in Edinburgh again and suddenly there's another racing game with Edinburgh in it and I cannot wait uh, to do that, that's going to be absolutely fantastic uh, the, the, if it was any other racing game I'd be excited for it but the fact that it's a Forza game I, I could not be, this is that is that is shot to the top of the games I'm looking forward to now, I, I cannot wait to play that uh, they've added a 60fps mode which is really surprising um, they recently not recently, a few months back added Xbox One X enhancements for Forza Horizon 3 Um but all it did was it increased the resolution up to 4K, but the frame rate stayed at 30. And the, and the argument, which is a fair one, was that because Forza Horizon is an open world game, um, it's a lot harder to keep a 60 uh, frames per second, a consistent frame rate like that, because um, you can do it easily enough in the normal Forza series because it's um, it's linear, the tracks are linear, you know what direction you're going in, the, the tracks uh, don't deviate in any way, you literally just go around the track as it's laid out. So the game can kind of preload the kind of upcoming textures and the upcoming environment in advance um, and that helps kind of run at 60 frames a second because um, everything just kind of streams in as you're driving and at a decent pace. With games like Forza Horizon, because it's open world, um, if you're driving down the road at any point you can just do a sharp left turn and plough through fields and stuff in, in the game. So the game never really knows at, at, at what point, what you're, what's going to happen. It doesn't know if you're going to suddenly turn uh, and go off-road at any point, which you can do. Um, so because of that, it, it can't really stream in as much uh, detail uh, with, in, in, with, with enough notice. And, and as a result, it goes down to 30 frames a second, so it can kind of handle it a bit better. Um, that's my understanding of it anyway I'm obviously not a developer but that's how I understand it works so the fact that they've managed to get Horizon 4 running at 60 uh, they said 60fps mode which makes me think you'll have two options I think it's going to have 4k at 30 or 1080p at 60 I think that'll be the two options on 1x at least um, so we'll see um, they've also added seasons to it so it's got spring, summer, autumn and winter and that kind of affects how it plays um, obviously autumn just kind of has changes all the tree, all the trees and you get kind of leaves on the track and stuff like that uh, but winter's interesting because winter turns all the kind of rivers into ice and you can drive on the ice which is quite cool uh, so yeah Forza Horizon 4 I'm massively massively excited for that um, that's the highlight of the show for me but by a long way um, 
yeah, Phil Spencer then came out and kind of chatted about all the studios that Microsoft has kind of bought, uh, which was a nice wee kind of touch. So they formed a new studio called The Initiative, which is set in Santa Monica. Uh, Undead Labs is now owned by Microsoft. Playground Games, uh, who did, who's doing the, uh, Forza Horizon, uh, is now also owned by Microsoft. Uh, so, and Spencer also said they're working on a new open world game, but they didn't show anything of it. That's heavily rumoured to be Fable, uh, but they didn't show anything uh, of that tonight. Um, so yeah, they're now owned by Microsoft, which means there's no fear of Playground Games as games ended up on other systems, which I think Microsoft would have been worried about. Ninja Theory is now owned by Microsoft, which is a big deal because Hellblade is a was phenomenally well received. Um, so presumably that now means going forward, if Hellblade gets a sequel or anything like that, that's going to be an Xbox exclusive. Uh, PlayStation gets no more Ninja Theory games, which is a big deal. Um, and Compulsion Games, who did... Uh, or who are doing, I should say, We Happy Few is now owned by Microsoft as well, so don't expect to see We Happy Few on PlayStation anytime soon. <coughs> uh, they then showed a trailer for it, for We Happy Few again. I've not played that yet, it's been on preview for a while, and from what I understand, the reaction to it is mixed, but it seems, I still, based on the trailers, I think it still looks quite cool. Um, I'm just waiting until it's finished before I start playing it. Um, but yeah, I'm quite happy with that. I get confused by an expert because they said launch exclusive and it was just a trailer for PUBG which is already out and it was just showing that there's new maps and modes coming, there's a thing called war mode, uh, there's like a, a riot shield in it now um, and they kind of teased it this winter there's going to be like a snow environment, I've, I've not really played PUBG before so but I'm sure uh, many people's nads were pumped when they saw that that's all coming so fair play to you if, if you fall into that boat and you're excited about that hopefully that'll be good yeah, just kept going. Tales of Vesperia Definitive Edition, world premiere of that, which is just a, it appears to be a remastered update of the old Tales of Vesperia, which is a good one of the kind of best games in the Tales franchise, so that's good. Uh, at this point, I went on Twitter and tweeted, this is how you do an E3 conference, uh, just game after game after game and only brief moments where you talk, brief moments of Phil Spencer and others coming on having a wee chat. Not like he is, but they just spoke for ages and ages, so at that point I was feeling quite good. I was going... And like I say, I literally tweeted, this is how you do a conference. And just as I hit send, uh, Ubisoft pop up with Tom Clancy's The Division 2, which looks fine. I've never played The Division. It's not really my online uh, multiplayer. isn't really my thing. Uh, but from what I understand, a lot of people love The Division, so that's good. Fair play to them. Um, so they showed the trailer for The Division 2, which looks totally fine. Uh, but then Ubisoft showed one of their classic um, lengthy fake online multiplayer gameplay demos where um, a bunch of voice actors um, pretend to be playing the game with each other and just like the fakest of fake chat uh, which I, they've been doing for years now and I fucking despise it because it's not realistic and it's just infuriating. Nobody talks like that when they're playing games. Please stop it because it's so, so, so annoying. Um, but yeah, that is, so that instantly took back what I said about how Microsoft were nailing it because by letting Ubisoft come in and do their usual shit, uh, that ruined it a wee bit for me. That was the first point where I lost interest and uh, started checking my phone and stuff. I was like, no, come on, you you don't do this. You're better than this. <laughs> so yeah, um, what happened next? Game Pass came. The kind of Game Pass chat started with Ashley Speecher, I believe she's called, or Speicher. The head of Game Pass. Um, so yeah, she said, for those who don't know, Game Pass is the service that's been going for a few months now on Xbox where you pay a set fee, um, I believe it's like $7.99, $6.99 a month, um, and you get access to a library of like 100, 150 titles. Um, and the deal is that it's not a streaming service, it's a download service. So you, if you're subscribed to Game Pass, uh, there's just like a list of games that you can just download straight to your Xbox and as long as you're still a member of Game Pass you can play that game for as long as you like as if you owned it. Uh, it's basically Netflix but instead of streaming you're downloading. Um, and yeah, I've, I've loved it. I've been a subscriber of Game Pass since the day it was announced and I'm absolutely loving it. Especially the fact that any of their first party games come, going forward um, get added to Game Pass on the day they come out and you get them so uh, I got to play Sea of Thieves without having to buy it uh, and realised I didn't like it so that was good that saved me some money uh, State of Decay 2 I've downloaded but I've not started yet it was on there on day, on day one 
amazingly, Forza Horizon 4 is going to be there day one, which means I don't have to buy that, which is crazy. Um, Crackdown 3 will be there. Uh, and going forward, you've got to imagine everything else. So Halo uh, Infinite, uh, you'd imagine, would be part of it and just all that kind of stuff. So that's really exciting. That's a cool... Um, it's a cool idea, and I'm really behind it. I'm up for it. It's, 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 a, it's a very good idea, um, and I've been more than happy with it so far. I've played some stuff I never would have played because I uh, didn't really want to take the chance on spending money on them, but I'm happy to take a chance on games that um, are part of the subscription and I've enjoyed some stuff, so that's good. Um, so, yeah, that's uh, Ashley Speecher, Spicher of Game Pass then said... They're implementing this new system called Fast Start, which is launching in the kind of June update for people on the preview uh, thing, which I'm a part of, so I'll be able to give feedback on that quite soon. I, I can't really get that excited about it, but what it is, from what I understand, um, when you start downloading a game on Xbox generally, or installing a game from disc, um, it installs the first part of the game and it comes up with a message saying ready to play, or ready to start, sorry. Um, and it means you start playing the game before it's finished downloading or installing. So what it'll do, FIFA's a good example of this, and most EA Sports games are an example of this. It'll it'll download the odd kind of single-player match first. So it'll download, say, for example, Real Madrid versus Barcelona. So it'll download one stadium and two teams' worth of stuff in the gameplay engine. Uh, Or with recent Maddens, it's been like the the previous year's Super Bowl, They'll download the teams from that in the stadium and stuff. Um, so when you first boot up the game, while it's still downloading and installing, uh, it will chuck you straight into that action. Um, and the idea is that by the time you've finished playing through that, the rest of it will have downloaded or installed and then, you, then the rest of the game opens up. So it's clever. So apparently this new um, fast start system uh, speeds that process up by two times apparently using some sort of algorithm uh, that figures out which bits to download and stuff. So I believe it when I see it. Not, not that I don't believe it, but I don't think it's a, as massive a deal as they were making out. Um, it sounds like it's just a kind of, when you start downloading the game, you can start playing it earlier, which is probably useful for people with slow internet connections. Uh, but yeah, so it seems like when you start downloading the game, uh, particularly from Game Pass, um, you'll be able to get started on it sooner uh, this time. So fine, fair enough. Uh, she also said that Halo Master Chief Collection is coming to Game Pass later this year. Um, and some other kind of indie and third party games are coming on launch day including Ashen, Warhammer, Vermintide 2, After Party and something else I missed. Uh, They're all kind of coming soon too. Uh, She also announced that The Division, Fallout 4 and Elder Scrolls Online are all on Game Pass as of today um, and they're all enhanced in 4K for Xbox One X so that's nice, nice touch. You then get your montage which is added to the, which is what kind of helped the number of games bump up to 50 in total. So, I'll take a deep breath here, um, and I'll need a drink after it. The the montage showed, in order, Outer Wilds, After Party, Kingdom 2 Crowns, The Golf Club 2019, which now is a PGA license, Warhammer 2, Vermintide, Fringe Wars, Below, Conqueror's Bait, it says here, but it's probably Blade and I've wrote it wrong, Waking, Raji, Super Meat Boy Forever, Planet Alpha, Islands of Nine, Battle Royale, Sable, Harold Halibut, Bomber Crew, Children of Morta, The Wind Road, Wargroove, Generation Zero, Dead Cells and Ashen. That is a lot of games, uh, indie games, and they all, most of them looked quite good. Um, so that's kind of promising. I'm curious to see, to pick through the bones of those when they start slowly coming out one at a time and seeing which of them are uh, kind of hidden gems in there. Now let me take a drink because I've been talking for half an hour now without a break. Hold on. Cheeky wee iron brute. Never leave home without it. Um, a Shadow of the Tomb Raider trailer came next. I think it said 14 September 2019, which is a long way away. Um, but fair enough. Um, it looks good. I loved the first uh, Tomb Raider reboot. Um, and I also really liked Rise of the Tomb Raider, so I'm all in in Shadow of the Tomb Raider day one. Uh, definitely. It looks like more of the same, and that's good enough for me, so that looks good. And another exclusive came next, a skating game, which for a second looked like Skate 4, and I thought everyone was going to lose their shit if Skate 4 was going to be an Xbox exclusive, but it turns out no, it's a separate sp- uh, skating game called Session. Looks quite cool, um, remains to be seen uh, what else that entails. Sounds like there's a wee bit of swearing, so there's some bleeping at the start that is part of the music, 
Um, so I wonder if the main game will have actual swearing in it, which will be interesting. Um, but yeah, it looks quite cool. It, it, it was just a um, teaser. There was no actual gameplay footage shown there, but it looked like it might have been an engine and it looked fine. So um, yeah, I'm always up for more skating games, especially considering the Tony Hawk series is on its arse. So I'm up for up for more. That's good. Launch exclusive next called Black Desert. Um, I wasn't really feeling that one. It's a kind of fantasy type thing. Uh, from what I could tell on Twitter, the general consensus was people like me. Uh, a couple of people were up for it, but it's, it's, it really depends on if that's your kind of thing. I'm not really into medieval type fantasy type stuff, but that's that's what this is. It looks kind of third person, potentially third person adventure action RPG type stuff, uh, which is fine for those who like it. It's not my kind of thing, but looked okay. Looked fine. Um, Another world premiere is Devil May Cry 5, which was a nice wee surprise. Uh, Hideaki Itsuno is handling it again. Uh, For those who don't know, he's a guy, he came in during Devil May Cry 2, he came in during the last three or four months of that to take over as director. Um, And then he directed 3 and 4, so now he's directing 5. And he's convinced that this is the best game he's ever made. So who are we to argue? Certainly the the trailer looked quite cool. Again, it wasn't in-game. Uh, it might have been in-game assets, but it wasn't gameplay being shown. Um, it was kind of cutscene type stuff. But the character models were quite cool, and the the character animation during the cutscenes was really impressive. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm curious about that one. Um, and Dante, Dante now looks so far from the original Devil May Cry Dante that, um, yeah, whatever. But that's all good. Um, I'm always up for more Devil May Cry, so I can't, can't really go wrong there. Interesting, a launch console launch exclusive uh, DLC for Cuphead called The Delicious Last Course, um, which potentially means it's coming to PS4 because the way they've said it was a console launch exclusive, um, unless I've missed it, unless it's already been confirmed and I've just missed it, um, the fact they didn't just say exclusive and they specified console launch exclusive uh, makes me think Cuphead might be coming to PS4 at some point. Um, maybe not, maybe I'm just reading too much into it. Um, but yeah, so there's a new character in this DLC called Miss Chalice. There's new levels and stuff like that, so that was quite cool. Coming in 2019, so exciting stuff. Another launch exclusive is called Tunic. Um, it looks like Twitter lost their mind when this was first shown. Like Everyone started gushing over how great it looks. It basically looks like Zelda, uh, but with a wee fox, which looks lovely. Like a top-down, kind of isometric perspective, old-school Zelda game, but the cute wee fox instead. It looks lovely. Um, Courtney Spencer, Phil Spencer was developed by a single developer from Halifax, Nova Scotia in the old Canada uh, looks really nice, I'm, I'm keen to play some of that um, I always like wee games like that so um, I'm sold, it looked lovely um, yeah, nice wee surprise that uh, Spencer then said just so you know, everything else <laughs> that we're going to show for the rest of this is all world premieres all the fans started whooping again. There's a lot more whooping in this one, um, mainly obviously because of the fans sitting at the front, the kind of fan fest or whatever it was called. Yeah, those people sitting at the front, so that was. Uh, but but they did. They did I, I, I like hearing reactions just as stuff gets announced, and they didn't do that with this. They, they, with, with, during this conference, they showed the trailers, but when it cut to the trailers, they cut the audience sound out. So you just got the trailer sound and nothing else. I miss that. I like the, I like the moment when everyone realizes what it is. So like halfway through a trailer, when like when, say when the Devil May Cry logo appears, you want to hear people going ah, but you don't. Like the trailer would end and then it would cut back to the audience and be halfway through the cheering. So, um, I miss that. But, um, but yeah. So everyone lost their shit when Phil Spencer said, "Yeah, everything else coming up was a premiere." First one was a cool. Uh, another Bandai Namco fighting game. Looks like it uses the Dragon Ball Xenoverse kind of uh, engine. Fighting game called uh, Jump Force, uh, which presumably is a reference to the Shonen Jump manga series, which, which is where all these kind of uh, manga and anime series started. Um, so it showed characters from Naruto and Dragon Ball and One Piece all kind of fighting each other. And I think it looked like Death Note at the end, but I don't know my anime that well. Uh, it looked like possibly Death Note characters at the end as a wee teaser. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, please, in the comments if you're w- listening to this on tarothack.com. Uh, but that was quite, quite cool. It was pretty realistic looking. 
Um, they've gone for a slightly more realistic look rather than cell shaded like with the Dragon Ball games. Uh, so that looks quite cool. I'm up for that. Uh, they, they then spent a wee bit of time on Dra uh, Dying Light 2, which is another nice wee surprise. I like the first Dying Light. Uh, also like the Dead Island games that they made before uh, Dying Light. Uh, so the trailer for Dying Light 2 was shown, uh, followed by a gameplay demo. demo. It's got this kind of functioning ecosystem, they called it, which is just a wanky way of saying that the decisions you make kind of affect the way the game runs. So if you help people out, you can either help uh, out factions or kill them, and if you kill them, then obviously... Um, other people in that faction want to hunt you down but if you help them then it might affect the world in a positive way or a negative way because uh, I think the example he gave is if you help them out um, if you help this group out the city gets better and it gets clean water or something like that but then that means nastier people come to town to try and take over because they realise your town's got all the cool shit in it so I don't know, it could be interesting following that was like basically a non <laughs> An, an, a non-release but uh, a non-statement but something that really excited me it was just like a, a teaser that was just text almost and nothing else just basically announcing that there's a new Battletoads game coming which I'm so excited about uh, three player co-op um, and it sounds like based on that it's going to be it's going to look like the old Battletoads games it's not going to be um, some new third person over the shoulder adventure or, or anything like that hopefully it's going to be arcade style uh, beat him up in the style of Final Fight and obviously the original Battletoads games. If that's the case, I'm massively excited. They gave a wee teaser of the speeder bike level uh, crashing into one of the big stone pillars, which is which has always been an infuriating part of Battletoads. So it's a nice wee kind of reference, a wee nod. Uh, so uh, that was the second time I uh, went <gasps> and clapped my hat. I did a clap really like so hard that my uh, a single clap, I kind of went, went like that, but did it so hard that my hands were, they were stinging. <laughs> I was so excited that Battletoads is finally coming back. Uh, that's the retro gamer in me. Uh, so yeah, that was the second big pop, as they say, in wrestling parlance uh, that I gave. That was my second kind of YouTube-style reaction, going, <gasps> what is this Battletoads? As soon as it said in the trailer, the th we'll need the three of you to help, I was like, is this Battletoads? And then it was Battletoads, and I lost my fucking mind. So that's great. Uh, following that was a trailer for Just Cause 4, which had leaked uh, slightly earlier. Um, 4th of December it's coming out. It looks brilliant again. I, I love all the Just Cause games and this doesn't look any different. So um, It looks like more of the same, but uh, that's not necessarily a bad thing. When when, when your uh, source material is the previous Just Cause games, uh, there's no harm in uh, using that source material and just kind of giving more of the same because... Uh, that way lies success. Uh, so that's good. <laughs> kind of teased Gears of War at first. They showed the Gears of War logo and everyone went, ah! <laughs> and then the shitty Funko Pop versions of the Gears of War characters uh, blew the wall down, blew down a wall. And it was like, oh, yeah, Gears Pop is coming in 2019 and it's a mobile game. And everyone was like, fuck off. Uh, that's not what they actually said, but you could, you could tell the kind of atmosphere gets sucked out of the room a wee bit because everyone was like, oh, I thought we were going to show us real Gears of War um, but right after that they then showed a brief kind of look at Gears Tactics which I think they say is PC only but I can't confirm that, I think that's what they said it's a turn based strategy game uh, which is like a prequel, it's set 14 years before the first game, well it's quite cool if you're into that kind of thing and then finally they showed actual Gears of War 5 uh, where you play as Kate uh, from previous games um, it looks fantastic. It was mainly just a cutscene they showed. They didn't show a lot of gameplay footage. It was just a really brief trailer at the end. Um, but the cutscene looked fine. It looks like your typical Gears of War storyline. I'm just happy that there's more coming. Um, and the crowd kind of, when they said Gears of War Five, the, the crowd kind of cheered for an extended period. So it's clearly something that a lot of people care about. So that's good. Um, and yeah, then to kind of wrap it all off, Phil Spencer came out again, just kind of summarised the whole thing said that um, they, they've got different teams working on different things. They're working on cloud streaming, which again is something I don't care about. I said that during the EA thing, but fine. Working on cloud streaming for, as he said, console quality gaming on any device. Uh, then said that the next Xbox, next Xbox consoles, plural, are deep in development uh, and that they'll once again lead the benchmark. So uh, quite, quite ballsy of them, considering the Xbox One X just came out like last year. Quite ballsy of Microsoft to come out and say, oh, by the way, we're working on the next Xbox. 
obviously trying to kind of try to preempt Sony because a lot of the chat just now has been around is the PlayStation Five coming soon? And uh, now that Sony's no longer the most powerful system, um, there've been rumours that they might be saying uh, in their conference, by the way, PS5's coming. So maybe Microsoft was just trying to preempt them by saying, "Yeah, don't worry, we're making something as well." So that when PlayStation says PS5's coming, in people's minds they could say, "Well." Instead of thinking, oh, PS5's coming, they might be thinking, oh, PS5 and the new Xbox are coming. So that might have just been a wee bit of clever wee spin just to kind of get the one up on Sony before they get to give their reveal. So we'll see. Um, but yes, and then it kind of did a fake wee, oh, thanks everyone, I hope you enjoy the E3. And then it kind of, everyone went and kind of cut in uh, a bit of hacking in the trailer for Cyberpunk 2077, uh, the new CD Project Red game. Uh, makers of The Witcher appeared and it looks really cool, again it was weird it didn't really show much gameplay footage in fact it didn't show any gameplay footage from what I can tell it was just a teaser trailer showing uh, some of the characters and stuff but the aesthetic looks really cool there's, there's really cool um, visuals in there and, and, and nice imagery of like women with robot faces and half the half the faces missing and stuff like that, it's, it looks really cool it's Basically, I'm hoping it's like an open world Blade Runner type thing. That's what it looks like. It's got that kind of feeling. Um, and if that's the case, I'm, I'm pretty much sold on that. That's good. Odd for them to show... Odd for them for their, for their final kind of... And finally thing for Microsoft to be a... What I'd imagine is a multi-format game. I, I, I don't believe I've seen Cyberpunk's an exclusive. So it's weird that you would end on a note on a game that is available on other formats to the best of my knowledge um, it would have made more sense to say oh by the way um, Fable's coming or to have even ended with a, the Halo Infinite trailer instead uh, but there you go that's that's what happened um, and then that was it that was the end of the conference I really thought this was a strong conference there's a hell of a lot of games shown there um, and you've got to think that for the vast majority of people there was something there for everyone um, you'll still get the moaners on uh, Twitter, because they're, they're, we're, we're living in fanboy times. We've always lived in fanboy times, so you'll always get some hardcore PlayStation fans coming up saying that wasn't that good. I didn't see anything there that I liked. Where are the games? Even though they just showed 50, that, that where are the games will still continue to be a thing. Um, but I think for most people who looked at them with a kind of objective pair of eyes, uh, there was a lot of stuff there. There's a lot of games coming to Xbox, and the Game Pass um, is a really clever way of doing things because it means going forward it's going to encourage people to try new games so people who may not have had a Forza game before uh, might download Forza Horizon 4 just because they can because it's part of the game pass um, and so yeah it's exciting it's exciting stuff um, but yeah in terms of rating I'd give that like a good 7 or 8 out of 10 um, I thought it was good there was very few moments where I can it lost its momentum. The only big moment was kind of during, uh, like I said, during the Ubisoft demo for Division 2. I kind of lost interest at that point for a wee bit because I was like, "This is I hate this fake gamer chat shit, so I'm, I don't care. I'm not giving you my time at that point. Uh, but for the most part, I was I was pretty engaged. I was watching the whole thing. I was quite happy with it. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm happy with that. I'm, I'm very happy with that. Let's check on Twitter to see if there have been any questions while I've been doing this. Uh, Lee McCutcheon says, my only question is Battletoads. <laughs> yep. Uh, again, I'm up for it. Battletoads is uh, one of my favourite old games, so I'm, I'm well up for that. Um, doo -doo -doo -doo. The Monday Graveyard asks, he says, that was, well, they say that was impressive. A nice mix of Nintendo Direct style blaster trailers and minimal bullshit. Question though, it laboured the point about fast start on Game Pass. Is that a differentiator that Xbox now are really going to push? Uh, I don't think so. I think that fast start thing, I think that's the last we'll hear of it. Um, other than like a press release when it's kind of, um, it's coming to preview people uh, this month. Uh, when it rolls out to everyone, I think they'll do a press release telling people it's there. But I think that's all you'll hear about fast start. Um, again, that was the thing that meant you could play start games earlier when you start downloading them. I don't think it's a game changer. It's just a nice wee thing to have. Uh, but that's just it. Um, Barry McGuigan, not that one, asks, one hell of a conference, but could Game Pass actually cut the sales they could have had in some of their exclusives? <clears throat> Maybe. Um, I think Game Pass is one of these things that 
overall kind of um, works itself out. It's, it's 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 one of those situations where, let's say, however many million people end up subscribing to Game Pass, um, if they're all paying seven quid, seven ninety nine, I think it is a month. That's say three million people are subscribed to Game Pass. Um, that's twenty four million pound a month. Uh, dollars or whatever it is a month they're making um, that's a nice chunk of change so when they bring out a new game um, bear in mind pretty much all these games have got microtransactions added to them as well uh, Forza Horizon all the Forza games have got countless DLC bundles of cars and stuff like that um, you got to imagine Gears of War is going to have customization stuff in it um, pretty much every game going forward is going to have some sort of DLC you would think um, and so I think Game Pass, in, in in a way, it could cut the sales they would get, but at the same time, I think it opens the games out to a larger market. You're still going to get people who don't have Game Pass who are just going to buy the games normally um, anyway. And you would imagine people who get the games through Game Pass might be more willing to buy DLC because it's a mental, it's a psychological thing. They'd be thinking, well, technically I haven't bought this. Even though they're paying the subscription, they won't feel like it. They'll feel like it's a free download, even though it isn't. So they might be more tempted to chuck a couple of quid at some DLC, um, just as a way of you kind know, of thinking. Well, at least I've paid. So I've not paid anything about in to this game yet, so I can get away with paying something. Um, I don't think it's a bad thing. It'll be interesting to see their. I'd love to see their analytics um, on <clears throat> attach rate of uh, game pass and how many people are using it, and how many people downloaded say Sea of Thieves on day one. Uh, but we'll see. Um, I think it's a cool, I think it's the future, I think it's the way forward, this is the way everyone should be doing it, uh, but we'll see. Jack Kelly says, do you prefer new IP or the refinement of existing franchises through constant sequelization? Better both really, um, I'm not going to lie, I'm, like I say, Horizon 4 was the biggest game there for me and that's a sequel, uh, that's, well, that's a, the fourth game in the series obviously. Um, new IP is always good but it, it takes a while before I know whether I get excited about it or not. It's the stuff like Cyberpunk. I like the look of it, but I'm going to have to wait until I see proper gameplay before I decide whether to get excited about it or not. Um, so I prefer both. I don't think there's, you can kind of choose a favourite. Just take it on a game-by-game -game basis. I generally do that. Uh, Chewy Bytum says, you reckon Tales of Xperia is exclusive? I don't think so. Let me check my notes again. Tales of Xperia... Tales of Xperia... It's a world premiere, but I didn't say exclusive, so no, that'll be coming on PS4 as well, I would imagine. Um, otherwise, you would have said exclusive, but it just said world world premiere, yeah, which basically means it's coming on everything. Um, <laughs> Finley asks, I got a question yesterday asking, did it look like Anthem was going to have romance in it? And now Finley's asking, do you reckon Cyberpunk 2077 will have romance? Anthem has been confirmed not to contain romance options, so I'm shifting the focus of my prayers to this game. Uh, yeah, hopefully. Hopefully you can now shag aliens in that instead. No, there'll be aliens in it, but shag robots in Cyberpunk 2077. Why not? Um, Thomas asks, Game Pass, are we being taken back to the original Xbox One vision, except we all seem to like it this time? Is this really a good thing? Like I say, I think it's a good thing, but yeah, it's interesting how a lot of the stuff, if you go back to the first Xbox conference when they showed the Xbox One for the first time, and a lot of the stuff they first announced, and everyone fought back against going, what? What are you doing? This is despicable. They're slowly <laughs> bringing these things in and people are kind of accepting them. So it's kind of, you wonder if they're maybe a wee bit ahead of their time, but it was too much too soon. And their right kind of idea was to kind of roll these things out slowly with a customer always uh, with their best interests at heart because of the way they announced it originally. Ooh, okay. They announced it originally seemed very anti-customer, and now, in my opinion, at least a lot of they're listening to the customer more than anyone else, uh, more than Sony and Nintendo just now. Um, I think Microsoft are nailing it just now, and momentum takes a while in the games industry to kind of shift. So, although like PlayStation still has the momentum, but based on that showing um, and stuff like loads of backwards compatibility, the fact that they're putting uh, 4K. Um, patches into loads of old games the Game Pass thing they're doing everything right just now um, and as long as they keep that up the momentum will shift again eventually Just these things take time, nothing happens overnight uh, but yeah, there we go um, and I think 
Alan Paxton says, what's your takeaway from the Halo tease? I believe it's going open world. What are your thoughts? Yeah, like I say, I think it's... I, I don't know if it'll be open world, but um, I think it'll be... I think the infinite thing has to mean something. I think it just means... It'll either mean it's a Destiny type thing, or it'll just mean um, it'll be standard Halo with your normal multiplayer stuff, but um, it'll, it'll last for a longer time, and it'll constantly be getting new maps and new modes and stuff. Um, I think it'll be that kind of situation. That's my guesswork. Uh, but we'll see. But yeah, there we go. No more questions for now, at least. Uh, but I am very, very happy and very excited with what I've seen there. That was a really good conference. Uh, a lot of stuff uh, there that I'm looking forward to playing on my Xbox in the coming months. Uh, when I get a second to when the baby's sleeping. <laughs> that's, that's the big problem for me now. How the hell am I going to get a lot of... Uh, Forza Horizon 4 uh, gameplay when it comes out in October uh, when obviously my priorities lie with the small child that will be in the the house Uh, but we'll see, these things uh, find a way of working themselves out thanks for listening guys Uh, the next one let me just check the E3 conference schedule uh, because my mind is mushed just now because it's nearly midnight Uh, Bethesda's tonight I'm not going to cover that one. I will watch it, but I won't be covering it uh, just because I've got so much to do. Um, yeah, Bethesda's at half two in the morning, UK time. I will watch it. Um, Square Enix is 6pm tomorrow. I won't be covering that. Ubisoft, 9pm tomorrow. So that'll be my next one. Um, and Again, so that'll be the next podcast. It'll be the Ubisoft conference tomorrow night. And then I'll be staying up for the Sony conference and I'll be doing one for that as well. Um, that's two in the morning on uh, Monday night. Um, the other ones, the I will be watching the other ones. So I'll watch Bethesda, I'll watch Square Enix, I'll watch the PC gaming show one. Um, and maybe at the end I will do a kind of roundup podcast of just all the other stuff that hasn't been covered so far and that would include those conferences um, and any other trailers and stuff that we can we can reveal but not part of the conferences we'll do that as well if anyone wants that so please let me know uh, if that's if something that would interest you just a kind of roundup podcast at the end to cover all the stuff that was missed uh, that'd be lovely um yeah please do review this on iTunes if you want the, the last time I checked in the title hack podcast is currently seventh in the UK iTunes podcast charts for video games, which is fucking phenomenal. I'm so, so happy with that. I'm so grateful. Um, obviously, these things, um, the, the analytics for this, work, iTunes uh, works in a really weird way where it's designed to kind of keep pushing new stuff up. So uh, don't be under any, I'm not under any illusions that because I'm higher up than Major Nelson and Kotaku's podcast, that means my podcast better than them. It just means uh, that in the last 24 hours I've had more new subscribers than they've had, uh, which is really cool. I'm very happy with that. Obviously, they've got probably hundreds of thousands of millions of subscribers already and I've got nowhere near that, but it means I can kind of bump up the charts. And to have me sitting near the top of the charts at the busiest year, uh, the busiest week in gaming, I'm really excited and really grateful for that. So thanks. Please do keep spreading the word and telling people if you're enjoying these post them on Twitter and Reddit and stuff and say, here, listen to this prick, he knows what he's talking about. Uh, or, listen to this prick, he's got no idea what he's talking about, let's all take the piss. As long as you're listening to it, I give a shit, mate. I appreciate you all listening. Um, so yeah, I'll catch you tomorrow on the flip-flop with uh, Ubisoft next, um, followed by Sony and then followed by Nintendo. Uh, but yeah, uh, have a lovely evening, enjoy the rest of E3 and I'll talk to you soon. Thanks, bye-bye.